Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here back on a little solo episode of Friday Night Rolls Around Again. Um, absolutely delighted to be here. It has been a massive week. It's been a massive day, to be honest. Um, I'll touch on that momentarily, but I'll just say there's there's never a dull moment in the NBA landscape. Uh, so certainly looking forward to touching base on that point in a moment's time. Guys, a big shout out to the Spotlight Sports Network and the cover. As I say, as always, keeping us, or keeping us vile, I guess, keeping us uh, in tune with all the uh, the US listeners, all the Australian listeners. Uh, certainly stoked to be a part of those two entities, helping showcase not only us, but other local content creators out there. So very much appreciated. Guys, last week I had Roy join me again. We had a very special episode. Jack Jumper star Isaac White joined us on the show. Uh, it was an absolute blast having a chat to him. Such a down-to-earth bloke. Um, incredible knowledge on and off as not only a player, uh, but also his insight and just to being an elite sportsman. Uh, it was really a joy to talk to him. So if you haven't checked out that one already, be sure to do so. Uh, as always, continue to stay up to date with all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. The content is starting to ramp up now as the uh, the season. It's it's not far away at all. We're into September now, so October's the month we uh, we all eagerly anticipate. Um, so be sure to stay up to date with all the socials there, as well as subscribing or following wherever you listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. We certainly appreciate it. Guys, the plan for today, going to rip through some odds and ends from the NBA, the NBL, couple of exciting points there, namely from the NBA in regards to some trades that went down during the week. Uh, then we're going to fire up the old mailbag. You guys sent in some questions during the week, so looking forward to tackling those momentarily. Let's get into it. Odds and ends. Daily Dribble. So let's start with the breaking news as of today. Friday, early morning wake up. You know, I'm notoriously a pretty early, early riser. Uh, the alarm's normally set for about quarter to six. It was about half past five that I saw the news come through this morning. I, I woke up a little bit earlier than I'd intended to. Uh, about half past five or so, the news came through that Donovan Mitchell had been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I'll rip through the deal and then I'll give my thoughts on it. So in the deal, the Cavs received Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz received Colin Sexton, Laurie Markinen, Oche Agabaji. Yep, I've, I know I've, I've bottled that one. Uh, the 14th pick in this year's draft, he was. Uh, three unprotected first-round picks and two pick swaps. Now, as soon as I saw the trade, uh, like this just came out of the blue for me. I, for all money, if Mitchell was to be traded, I thought for all money it was going to the Knicks. Um. Life has a funny way of throwing up curveballs, doesn't it? My initial thoughts are for both sides, I like this. Now, for the Cavs, I think it's fantastic. It enables it enables Garland just to be, play to his strengths more as that kind of that facilitator. Uh, last year, he was the focal point for not only facilitating, but also for scoring output. This year, he doesn't have to do it all. Um, I think that, that backcourt tandem there of Mitchell and Garland will just be absolutely electric to watch. And I think it makes them it like on both ends of the floor. This is fantastic. They're a fantastic looking starting five. So we've got Mitchell and Garland in the backcourt, looking at probably a Coro, uh, Mobley and Allen. You know, those two 
rim protectors there in Allen and Mobley are just going from strength to strength. I think like Mobley, he has got superstar potential. Um, and you pair it alongside, you know, an all-star backcourt and Garland and Mitchell, that starting five is so well-rounded. Uh, that's not to mention the, the caliber of players they've got coming off the bench. Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, Karis LeVert. Uh, they're a really, really exciting team. I, they're a team, I think, they turned heads last year, but I expect them to be in and around the mix this year. Now, a couple of weeks' time, we'll start to do our season predictions and gradings and all that good stuff. Uh, but my initial thought is that this makes the Cavs a real team to watch out for in the East. Um, on the on the Jazz side of it, okay, Laurie Markinen struggled to find his feet in Cleveland. Um, make of him what you will. I have lost a little bit of faith in him. I think in a different situation, again, he might be able to flourish a little bit if they actually play him in a power forward role. Um, he was kind of bouncing here, there, and everywhere in Cleveland. Uh, likewise, Sexton. Now, he was looking at a qualifying offer the other week, so a real, real big pay cut there. His deal is going to be four years at $78 million. So he's looking around that 19 to $20 million a season mark, which for him is absolute gold, I reckon. He would be uh, laughing all the way to the bank at the minute. And for me, I think he's a player. I still think he's really exciting. Uh, it was horrible to see him go down and struggle with injury. It did enable Garland to flourish over the last 12 months or so. Uh, but I think possibly in a new situation, he's probably going to be given a pretty big responsibility just given the way the Jazz roster's headed. Now, reports are suggesting today per Woj, the Jazz are still looking to offload Bogdanovich, Clarkson, Conley, um, and pretty much assemble a war chest that resembles that of OKC. So moves still to be made there, but my initial thoughts are big high for both teams. Uh, I think that that war chest that they've they've built already, the Jazz, and that they're continuing to build, uh, it's going to serve them well. Now, I'm a big fan. If you're going to go for it, go for it. If you're going to tank, tank. Uh, I hate these teams that just wallow in that mediocrity. There it is. Haven't said it in a couple of weeks. So in mediocrity, um, I hate it. Um, so I love that the Jazz, for better or worse, however you may think of it, they're actually really committed to this rebuild. So uh, fair play to them. Excellent. Moving ahead there, the Orlando Magic, a couple of injuries here to rip through. Gary Harris. Now, I will just make a note, a couple of these might have been from the last week and a half or so. Uh, granted, I know we didn't have odds and ends last week. Uh, Gary Harris has, a torn menis has suffered a torn meniscus in his left knee. Uh, this will undergo further evaluation. Comes after he just signed a new two-year extension worth $26 million. Uh, now, they're a team, the Magic, who are kind of in that... Uh, they've, they've been in the rebuild for the last couple of years now. They've started to assemble the pieces. Cole Anthony, Suggs, Wagner... Um, Fultz hopefully finding a bit of form where they're a team that could start pushing for that playing spot. Um, so I certainly hope that Harris can get healthy and contribute towards that because I think they're going to be quite an exciting team to watch, especially if Jonathan Isaac can come back fit and firing. Uh, he's a player I'm really, really excited to see return. Both ends of the floor is an absolute force. Also, speaking of torn meniscuses, uh, Celtics new recruit Danilo Gallinari has also suffered one in his left knee. Uh, it was good to hear reports came out that there was no damage to the ACL or ligament damage. So fingers crossed it's a pretty short layoff similar to that of Harris. Um, again, a player I think is really going to contribute to what the Celtics are building there. 
Um, adding Brogdon and Gallinari mainly this offseason, uh, I think it serves them really well. Another team that's going to be right in and around the mix, and I think by all reports, they might be Vegas's favourite at the moment. So um, big, uh, big expectations there. Uh, the big bit of news that came out in the injury front during the week and a huge blow not only to the league, uh, to the player himself, but also the franchise, OKC, their new prized recruit, Shet Holmgren, is going to miss the entirety of the 2022-2023 season after suffering a Linsfrak injury to his right foot. Um, this happened during a Pro-Am game last week. It's, it's just like a worst-case worst scenario situation. Again, another team... You've got Giddy, SGA, with Holmgren coming into the uh, into the fold there. It looked like they were poised to be another team pushing for that that playing position. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is a huge blow, and especially for a bloke as big as him, these foot injuries are particularly, are particularly troublesome, should I say, just due to the fact that not a, not a lot of blood gets down there to help, you know, get the healing process in order. Um so he's he's got a a significant stint on the sidelines there, you know. Fingers crossed, big bit of timber there. He can come back fit and firing next season, uh, because uh, the signs of chemistry between himself and Giddy there were really really promising, and uh, certainly something to watch out for this season. But uh, yeah, we'll push you back to next season. And I guess with that though, the question now becomes for OKC: How do they play out this season? Do they do they still try and make a case for it? Do they think that Giddy, SGA, Dort, Baisley, these other characters are good enough to get them into a playing spot? I don't know. The West is pretty stacked. The West is pretty stacked. Or on the other hand, do you look to tank it and really try and commit to get Victor Wembenyama? Granted, are they thinking now another bloke even taller than Shet, is he going to be an injury, a real big injury concern as well? So... Um, a lot of things to play out for for OKC. There are a lot to weigh up. Um, still got that multitude of draft assets that we've alluded to quite a lot over the last couple of months. Um, so they're in a funny position at the moment. Watch this space. Let's transition to the Brooklyn Nets out to the East Coast. Uh, they have added Markeith Morris on a one-year deal um, as well. During the uh, the last fortnight, we've pretty much had, a, for the time being, a nail in the KD Coffin Saga. Um, he looks set to be staying with Brooklyn at the moment. That being said, how long will you know? How long will that actually, I guess, stay a positive relationship? Uh, it's been so much turmoil, so much news, so much speculation, so many rumors going around. Uh, for the time being, though, it looks looks as if KD is going to be staying put. Uh, if he does stay put, and I'll kind of ties in with one of our mailbag questions regarding Kyrie shortly. Uh, but if all stays as is at the moment, they're still going to be a, a, a right up there, a real powerhouse in the East. You know, Kyrie, hypothetically, if he if he stays, KD, TJ Warren, Marquise Morris now coming into the fold, Claxton, Joe Harris, Paddy Mills. Uh, it really is a star-studded lineup, especially as an outside threat. Uh, I'm I'm really keen to see, hopefully, what a healthy healthy net squad can do, a settled net squad, should I say? That would be nice. Uh, Montrez Harrell during the week. Now, we spoke about him probably a month or two ago. Um, he had his felony charges of marijuana uh, trafficking reduced to a misdemeanor. This is fantastic news for him. It'll be expunged off his record in 12 months' time if he if he goes 
through the next year without any further legal troubles. Um, and hopefully now he's currently a free agent, hopefully without this big grey cloud hanging over his head, it will enable him just to focus on getting back onto the court, getting getting a spot on a roster and playing some good consistent ball again. Um, you know, his time with the Lakers, Hornet, you know, it was uh, and Wizards is a bit, you know, all over the place. We really want to see what he what he can do again. Like his time with the Clippers, he was an absolute force coming off the bench here in that second second lineup, second unit. That's the trends we want to see again. So hopefully now, you know, almost a clean slate for him. Um, clean slate record-wise to a certain extent. Hopefully it can translate to a clean slate with his uh, actual playing form as well. Another trade we had during the week, a big one here. Um, this one was uh, came a little bit of left field here. Uh, a Lakers fan I am. So this was a pleasant surprise. Uh, the Lakers received Pat Bev with the Utah Jazz receiving Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Now, another trade, as I spoke about just before with the Donovan Mitchell trade, this is a trade I think kind of makes sense for both parties as well. The Lakers needed a defensive-minded to go get a real, you know, wear your heart on your sleeve type player just to, you know, when when these guys, AD, LeBron, want to have a bit of an off night, Westbrook, Pat Bev, he does not have off nights. He's going to drum up the intensity, whether it's you know, a Wednesday night in New York or a Friday night in LA playing the Clippers. He's going to be up for anything and everything, and that's the type of guy the Lakers needed. The only concern, yeah, it's, there's been little whispers during the week that Westbrook and Bev have kind of spoken since the trade. Um, that's the big concern, the chemistry issues that have arisen from this. Fingers crossed. You know, at this stage, Westbrook is staying put. Uh, time will tell how that plays out. It's a forever evolving situation. Uh, but that's a big concern with this one, that can the chemistry remain high? Uh, I tell you what, regardless if it does or if it doesn't, it is going to be super, super exciting to watch. Um, as I said, I think it's great. The Lakers needed a player like this, um, a real just a, a dirty dog. So uh, keen to see what Pat Bev can do there. For the Jazz, Horton Tucker, still 21 years old, fits in a lot better with their timeline of the rebuild. Uh, and I still think, you know, I, I've used this analogy a little bit about quite a few players who transition out of the bright lights of LA or, or New York. He might flourish in somewhere where there's not as much pressure. He certainly showed flashes. Um, so I, I hope, he, I really liked THT. Um, so I hope in the... Uh, in a new situation there, a new set of colours on him, he can uh, find his feet a little more so within the league. But as I said, 21, still plenty of time for him to make his mark within the league. Now, this <laughs> this was a funny point that got made during the week. No, not a funny point. It was, it was one that perked my attention. During the week, a Western Conference executive said that Anthony Davis could be headed to Phoenix in a deal that would see DeAndre Ayton and Cam Johnson return to the Lakers. Now, this is a fascinating one. This has really kind of got me puzzled as to which way I would like it to go. As I said, Lakers fan, I'm kind of seeing it from two different hats here. Um, as a Lakers fan and then a just a purely NBA landscape point. I think at the moment for me, AD has certainly a more well-rounded skill set. He's uh, just more of an overall threat from three, a little more athletic. Um, yet by going the route of Aiton and Johnson, you're reducing that overall age. 
you're almost kind of planning for a life after LeBron, which you, you need to start to do. He's not going to be there forever. Granted, I know he said he's now looking at playing with Bronny and Bryce, um, but you need to look a little bit to life after LeBron and getting to play like Aiton with his upside at his age, Johnson as well, his defensive capabilities. Uh, I think it could be a more beneficial move moving forward. Uh, I think as well for this particular season, it probably bodes well having an out-and-out centre for LeBron. Um, Aiton's just going to be able to you know, anchor that defence as well as anchor on on offence under the basket. He's not going to stretch too far out as opposed to AD. Um, and having LeBron and other shooters, Lonnie Walker, Kendrick Nunn, if he comes back there, having these shooters, um, Aiton will just enable them to stretch the floor a little bit more. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I If it were to go through, I would be not disappointed. Let's put it that way. So love to hear from you guys on that one. I did put a post up during the week. Would you like to see that trade? So in that hypothetical, the Phoenix Suns get Anthony Davis and the Lakers get DeAndre Ayton and Cam Johnson. Let me know who you think wins that trade. Ah, the Knicks. The New York Knickerbockers, a a team that will tie in a little bit momentarily with our our mailbag questions. But I'll just make this point. During the week, they finalized a four-year extension with RJ Barrett uh, worth $120 million, becomes the Knicks' youngest player in franchise history to become a $100 million player. Uh, he'll now have to, he's, I tell you what, he's got a big weight on his shoulders now. A couple of weeks ago, I did my kind of hidden gems, um, and I mentioned RJ Barrett. Now, as a, compared to the other players I mentioned, he was probably, at the moment, in terms of status, in terms of output, a little bit higher. But he's going to have to really, really hit his straps if he's going to live up to this contract that's, you know, with it's around 100, but with different clauses, we're looking at around 120 million. That's a lot of cashola. Um, so he's going to have to really pull his finger out. And now that they didn't get Donovan Mitchell, he's he's the go-to guy. So a big, uh, a lot of pressure there for RJ and the Big Apple. Transni- transitioning to a couple of quick points from the NBL. Uh, five times NBL champion and Melbourne United club legend David Barlow has officially called time on a career that spanned 20 plus years, 38 years old now. Um, it's, it really has been a phenomenal career. He is an NBL icon who now transition into a coaching role within the franchise, which is fantastic. Uh, his wealth of knowledge will be you know, greatly, greatly accepted for that United franchise there. Um, and I guess just speaking on Melbourne United, they actually re-signed Chris Goulding on a two-year contract extension there. Fantastic news for Melbourne United. Fantastic for the league as well. Like Goulding is one of the most must-watch players in the league. When he is cooking, he is unstoppable, especially from the perimeter. Man knocks down one or two, look out. Uh, so fantastic coop there. The other week, what was it? What's today? Today's Friday. It would have been last Thursday. I uh, had a bit of a, an event for my new work there, SEN. Uh, stoked to be a part of the company as well, doing big things in the sports media landscape. Uh, we had a bit of an event. We shouted the bar. It was a bit of a networking event. We had Scotty Roth come and speak to us. Now, I won't linger on this too much. I just want to say, though, like I, I went up after a couple of beverages, uh, chewed his ear off, but just chatting to him. He is just a phenomenal guy. Um, he really is. 
you couldn't have, you couldn't have well, let's just say this you couldn't have got a better man to start to be our inaugural head coach uh the work he's doing the culture he's created as we said speaking with Isaac White last week even for a new player like him that culture has just been ingrained straight away you know you can check your ego at the door um he's doing fantastic things for this franchise can't wait to see what this him and this squad can achieve this season uh but just wanted to make note that that passion like hearing it firsthand he did a bit of an interview um, and he was starting to almost well up at the end. Like the passion this guy has for this club, for this state now, is just unrivaled. So I tell you what, we are, well, our first home game is October 3rd down here at My State Bank Arena. I think we play the first games October 1st, it might be, against Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, I believe. Uh, the season is coming thick and fast. Over the next week or two, I'll do my NBL kind of predictions, uh, players to watch out for, all that good stuff, uh, but certainly looking forward to the season tipping off very, very soon. Daily dribble. Bang. Let's move ahead to the mailbag. Guys, a segment that we bring up every every month or two, um, it's just a good opportunity for you guys, our, our faithful listeners, to pose your hard-hitting questions. It can be basketball-related, non-basketball-related. No, we love tackling them all. Um, so I really appreciate all you guys that sent questions during the week. As I've said multiple times, you guys do make the show, really. So um, I do certainly appreciate it. Let's get into it, though. First question coming from Will Whittington. Now, Will is one of the Jack Jumpers floor floor wipers, floor swipers, floor wipers and swipers. Will, let me know which word you prefer there. Um, Will asked... Well, let's go wipers because that was the word he used. Jackie's floor wipers. Yeah. Uh, Will asks, thoughts on the floor wipers, plus who's the best Jackie's wiper from last year? Now, little do you know, Will, um, I was very, very lucky last season, my partner and I, Annabelle, uh, we were fortunate to go go up to Launceston, up to the Silverdome there to play the Jack Jumpers. Uh, it was against the Breakers that game. We were very fortunate to be hooked up with courtside tickets. Now, I do recall you were we were a couple of seats you were a couple of seats to our right, so I got a first hand look at the the energy, the enthusiasm, the passion, the professionalism you guys go about. Um, mate, I'll, I'll answer this part. You were certainly the best wiper. Um, I think you might have had a new bloke on that you might have been training, and uh, you know, as I said, the energy and almost like that level of perfection that you went to. Uh, almost sounds like I'm being a bit of a suck hole here, but honestly, I truly tip my hat to you there, mate. You were phenomenal, um, and I can't wait to see you give it your all again this season. I'd, I'd love to actually have a bit of a chat to you, Will. Like, how how did you get into that role? Was it just kind of, you know, I, I see they do the applications, but what uh, what sparked your interest in that one? Um, or had you had any prior experience? Because, uh, mate, you, you move like a well-oiled machine there. But, uh, yeah, as I said, it ties in with the Jack Jumpers season as a whole. Big things coming for the NBL and the Jack Jumpers this season. And, mate, you're a key part of it. So looking forward to seeing uh, you do your thing once again. Uh, this question comes from fellow Spotlight Sports Network um, Co. Uh, yeah, let's go, Co. Um, key in the building. She does an awesome, awesome job of keeping you up to date with all the sporting news from in and out of Philly. Uh, whether that be from the MLB, the NBA, the NHL, she has got you covered on everything Philly. 
That being said, she's asked me a question not related to Philly. Now, the question was, this came in a couple of days ago, so its relevance is slightly different now. Uh, but Key asks, since RJ Barrett got paid, should the Jazz still trade for Jonathan? Uh, should should the Jazz still trade John- Jonathan? I'm having a shocker here today. I tell you what, Donovan Mitchell. Jonathan Mitchell, I, I tell you what, get me off. Friday night, I am washed up. Let's try that again and get it out in a sentence. Since RJ Barrett got paid, should the da- Jazz still trade Donovan Mitchell? I tell you what, I don't know if I've just completely had a brain fade there, if it was almost seen as like a tongue twister the way it was worded. I have had an absolute mare there. Uh, but in answer to your question there, Kate, um, it, it is kind of – I had a different answer prior to this morning. Now, I think the Knicks really blew a massive opportunity here. Um, they had everything in position, the draft assets, the players – Everything was pointing. They had a player in Mitchell who really wanted to come to New York. They they blew it. They needed a franchise star. They needed a real score first, go get a player, not only in terms of on the court, but also their profile off the court, rebuilding that that New York image that's just the powerhouse of sport worldwide. Um I'm I'm disappointed by the way it played out for the Knicks. So I'll transition this question I guess more so to the Knicks Um, a couple of weeks ago I said this iteration of the squad Barrett Brunson uh, Mitch Robinson you know these other players quickly rose how far does that get them now I don't know especially this morning I probably the Cavs have well and truly above them in my eyes with the move they made even prior to the Mitchell move this morning I would have had the Cavs over them uh, the Hawks over them Philly Heat Boston Brooklyn, um, the Nets, there's a lot of teams, the Raptors, um, that's just quickly rattled off off the top of my head there. The Knicks are still just going to be a mediocre team. Uh, I think with Mitchell, it would have got them to that next stage, probably not quite in the second tier of contenders, but it would have elevated them. Um, I just don't know where they're going. And it's disappointing because New York's not a destination at the minute. You know, you're not attracting these big free agents, these big-name players. You had one there ready and waiting, ready and waiting in Mitchell who wanted to come. Um, I heard during the during the last day or so, the Jazz rejected a package of, I think it was Barrett, Quentin Grimes, and two first-round picks. Um, and the big factor there, the reason why it actually went through with the Cavs was those those three picks. Uh, the Jazz, uh, the Knicks, should I say, were just being a little bit stingy, trying to hold out probably for the next couple of weeks. Had nothing have come to light yet, they probably would have added that extra pick. Uh, but too late, she cried. Uh, the deal's been done with the Cavs, and they've, they've really missed their opportunity. So tell you what, if you're a New York Knicks fan out there, uh, I, I tell you what, it's been a bit of a fall from grace. They they really just flew last uh, the season before last in and around that home court, well, they got home court um, advantage there, and all things look headed towards the Knicks actually being a force once again. Julius Randle, most improved player, was gaining some MVP talk earlier in that year, um, but it's just fallen flat since. Some poor signings, Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker, um, you know, injuries have played their part as well, but they're just 
It feels like they're slipping behind the eight ball again. All the teams are surpassing them, and they've just stagnated or are regressing at the moment. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that one plays out in the Big Apple. Uh, another one from my Spotlight Sports Network colleague, Freddie Henderson. Now, Freddie asks, um, now I'm pretty sure Freddie is a Lakers fan, hence this question. He's asked, who is better, Giannis or AD? Now, this, to, to be honest, this was a very, very easy answer for me. Without a doubt, no questions asked at Giannis. Um, even as a Lakers fan, I didn't hesitate. I didn't second guess this for a single moment. Giannis is playing at levels unforeseen. Uh, there has not been a more dominant force in this league since Shaq. Like Shaq was, since since Shaq, Giannis is by far the most dominant force we've seen. He is, he's 27 years old. He's won two MVPs already. He's, he's got the title and he's only getting better. His repertoire is only continuing to expand. His ability and confidence now to shoot the three ball, that's wild. That's incredible. That like before he had that in his arsenal, he was unstoppable. But this just adds such another dimension to what he does. Uh, his ability, even when he was struggling with free throws, a lot of players when they're having those slumps or you know missing shots there from the free throw line, shy away from getting in getting into the lane and getting contact. He only increased his output there at the free throw line, um, and now that's kind of it's it's kind of fruits for the labor. He's actually knocking them down with a greater consistency as well. Um, like I, I truly believe, probably him and uh, there was almost a point of voter fatigue a couple of years ago. Hence, we've seen Jokic claim the last couple. It'll probably be the case with him this season, voter fatigue. Um, but I expect Giannis to be in and around the mix again for MVP. Uh, he's just year on year going from strength to strength. And it's kind of scary to think what his ceiling is. Um, and I tell you what, it doesn't bode well for the rest of the league, especially if they can get a healthy Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday there, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez. You know, you put that that range of stars alongside a bloke who I think when it's all said and done, when his career's all said and done, I firmly believe Giannis will be in, in and around that top 10 players of all time as well. We've spoken quite extensively about Steph Curry over the last couple of months, um, being that being a top 10 player of all time. I, I think the time's going to be coming pretty soon where we start to start to put Giannis in the fold as well. Um, so there's my there's my hot take for tonight. Giannis, when it's all said and done, to be a top 10 player in league history. Let me know what you think of that one. Uh, on the AD front, though, you know, he's... For him, it's really about rebuilding that public image, um, public perception, should I say. And a key part of that is him staying on the court and staying healthy. Uh, there's been too many injuries, too much time gone, gone awry. Um, he really needs to assert himself as the number one guy on this Lakers team. That has been LeBron since he, since he arrived in LA. Uh, but I think now it's probably time that he takes over the, takes over the crown and runs the show there. Um, you know, then it might start to become a little bit more of a debate once we can see what AD does as a number one guy. But till then, uh, Giannis, no doubt about it. Moving ahead to, uh, I tell you what, if you guys like a drink, like a little little bourbon, a little whiskey, uh, our cynic culture, uh, check them out on Instagram. They are the podcast. They are the page for you. The blokes do a fantastic job of sampling 
anything and everything in the, in the world of whiskey and bourbon and, and things of the kind, they do a tremendous job there. So be sure to check them out. Uh, they ask, where is Kyrie going to play next season? Now, with the news coming to light in the last fortnight that KD looks set to be staying put for now, I think I think Kyrie's going to stay in net. I think it's it really does take two to tango, uh, and I think for the Nets to be a powerhouse, to be a force, they need Kyrie and KD there, and they need them both healthy and invested. Uh, that is the key point. That is the key point with the Nets. There is undoubtedly the talent there, but the key thing is about having that investment, that buy-in. Uh, I don't know if they'll have it, but if they do, look out. Uh, and I think they really they owe it to themselves. They owe it to themselves. They owe it to the franchise. They owe it to the fans. Most importantly, to really give this a red-hot crack. You know, full throttle you know, pedal to the metal and really have a crack and see what this team can do. You know, regardless, without Harden, Ben Simmons now into the fold. Uh, the talent is there. The talent is there. When the oh, – forgive me, I, I know I'm going to slightly get this skewed off. When KD was leaving, I think, when it looked like he was setting off, their championship odds dropped out to $50. Since he's kind of committed, I think they've closed back in. It might be around $11. So if you're if you're one of the geniuses that managed to get on when he was out at fifty bucks, fair play. I I you know, got my fingers crossed for you because that'd be a hell of a pick, hell of a cash as a uh, little little cash check as well. Um, but yeah, for now again, it's kind of like KD. Time will tell. How will the Steve Nash Nash situation play out? Uh, you just don't know. I've got I've got I've got him staying at at Brooklyn for now. Uh, moving ahead to my last question, coming from Dan. Dan asks, which team will disappoint you most this season? Dan, I think in all honesty, the first team that came to my mind, and it's probably a team that's come the last couple of years, is I, I, I hate to say it because they're a team that gets bashed on for underperforming so much. But you know, I've just got to go with that flow. There's a reason why they get bashed on. Uh, the Sacramento Kings. Now, for me, I just don't know where they're at. I just don't know where they're at, and I don't know how they can possibly make a way to the playoffs. Um, you know, with the route the Jazz have gone now, depending on what OKC do, depending on what the Spurs do, I think all three of those teams have the potential to be pretty poor. The Rockets are probably going to be ordinary. Uh, there's a way in which they can possibly creep into a playing spot, but that's that's the high watermark. That is the high watermark. There is no Feasible way I see this team making making the playoffs. Um, their offseason, they added Kevin Herter, Malik Monk. Good pickups, yet they don't move the needle that much. Uh, it will be very, very reliant on Sabonis, Fox, and Harrison Barnes carrying this team. Now, I do give them a little a little pat on the back. Shout out to Roe um, that they did sign Matthew Delavadova in the offseason. But... Uh, yeah, I just don't know where I can go. Here, here we go. Rip doing it real quick here. These are teams that are better than them. The Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns, the Clippers, the Wolves. Who else we got in the West? The Nuggets, the Mavs. Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think of the teams off the top of my head. I've gone absolutely blank here. I said the Clippers. Um, you know, pretty much every team in the West bar. 
the only teams I think they're probably better than are the Rockets. It's probably a coin flip between OKC, probably slightly ahead of the Spurs. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be in trouble this season. Um, and again, for a team that's missed the playoffs for the last 20 years or so, or whatever it is, um, again, they're to, to just a team treading water. Actually, to be fair, they'll probably be better than the Jazz this season. But uh, again, you say that's coming back to that point. That's what I like about the Jazz. They've gone the rebuild, but they've gone 110% into it. Whereas the King, the Kings are just in no man's land. And I, I hate to say it because I don't think this team with Fox and Sabonis is your lead two guys. I don't know how the fit is firstly. Um, and I just don't know how far they can take you or what the growth in particular for Fox is going to be like this season. So the team I expect to most disappoint me this season is the Sacramento Kings. Guys, again, another point I would love to know what you think about this. Is it the Kings or is it another team? Which team is going to disappoint most this season? Brilliant, guys. It's I've had an absolute blast doing this episode. Back on the little solo number. Um, I am expecting after chats with Rowan Lee over the next couple of weeks for the fellas to return. So we'll keep you posted on those movements. Next couple of weeks as we start to tick into, you know, the, the weeks before season tip-off, uh, predictions, you know, uh, MVP award, all the award picks, all that good good stuff. Um, certainly looking forward to it. Ball is just around the corner. As I said, now we've entered September. Uh, loving it. Now, I, I feel like I might have uh, – will I address it? Yeah, I will address it. I don't know. A lot of you guys, if you're still listening in late into the piece here, uh, you might be questioning my attire. Now, a basketball fan, first and foremost, I am. I love it. Also, a big, big tennis fan. Now, I've got the white, the white cap back on, uh, the white cap backwards, the kind of the uh, the athletic kind of running jumper here today, channeling my inner Nick Kyrgios. Big fella, he went down in the uh, in Wimbledon there in the final against Djokovic. I, a bit of Aussie pride here, rooting for you to go one step further this year. The US Open on as we speak. It's kind of been the cause of a lot of my early mornings at the moment, um, but absolutely loving it. You know, Tennis is one of them sports I could just sit up and watch all night. So I thought I, uh, I better pay homage uh, to Nick there and uh, get the cap on. Aussie pride, mate. Go get them. Guys, as I said, be sure to stay up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Hit me up on LinkedIn as well if you want. Very active on there. Love it. That's the uh, that's the new Facebook, really. So it really is. Um, so, guys, be sure to stay up to date with all of them. Really appreciate you listening. Be sure to tell a friend if you haven't already. If you've got any friends who are basketball fans, let them know about the Daily Dribble. Certainly appreciate it, and we'll keep pouring the content out for you. Guys, till next week, enjoy everything from the NBA and the NBL. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Ciao.